welcome to our first podcast of Sinners Anonymous. I'm Justine. I'm Irene. I'm Andrew. I'm Karen. I'm Mike. And I'm Theo. So uh, you're probably wondering who, what Sinners Anonymous is, what we're about, what is this new thing that's going on. Um, So we decided to kind of take a different perspective into identifying problems within our lives, you know, coming up with solutions. Uh, We're just a group of friends chatting, you know, uncut, unedited, you know, and a filtered, unfiltered conversation per se. Um, So essentially, this is the first time that we're doing this podcast. But just to give you guys an idea, we develop a one hour podcast. We release the first 30 minutes, the first week of the month. Um, and then the second week of the month, we have kind of like an in-person discussion just to get everybody's ideas put together, uh, open up new thoughts of what your your thoughts were on the previous week's uh, podcast. The third week, we release the second half. And the fourth week, we have the second part of the discussion. Um, so today's topic is Stranger in My Own Church. So today you'll hear the first 30 minutes of this podcast. And if you have any questions or any thoughts, Please find us in our um, in-person meeting. It's going to be the second week of March, and we would love to hear what you guys have to say. All right, stranger in my own church. Have you ever gone to church and it felt like you don't belong? Have you ever gone to church and felt like it's not really when you're here, your family. It's more like when you're here, everybody looks at you. Have you ever been to church and, and just felt like, you know what? Why doesn't everyone just mind their business? Mind your business. Well, leave me alone. I'm here for God, not for you. I don't think Egyptians can do that. <laughs> Justine, hold on. Though. We're not talking about the intro. Right? <laughs> Touche, though. But every single one of us, has, at some point in our lives, has felt out of place. Almost like a fish out of water when we go to church. Why? Shouldn't it be better? Shouldn't you feel like you're coming to visit your father and you just want to spend some time with him? Why is it that that's not always the case? Why, do our, why are some churches more welcoming and other churches a little bit cold? Why is it easier to serve in some churches and more difficult in others? Why does it feel like some churches are a little more clicky and other churches just open, welcome you with open arms? Let's talk about that. But let's start off with the, with the most obvious answer. Have you ever felt like a stranger in your own church? I think everyone has. For sure. Yeah. Definitely yep. at one point in their lives, you know, whether if it was moving to a new church or within a church that they've been in their whole lives, I think everyone kind of goes through something like that. Yeah, um, what do you mean, something like that? Because I don't, I don't know if the experiences are the same. I mean, I think everybody has, whether if it's a personal struggle and they become a little sensitive to other people who are around them and they take things more personally than they should, so then they kind of, I don't want to say alienate themselves, but make themselves a stranger in their own church. Wait a second. Hold on. So now we're blaming the victim? Sometimes. Sometimes oh. it's all in your head. So you're telling me that, that your advice to someone that comes to church oh God. and says, oh, man, I don't like these people. They're just, they're just so, like, standoffish. They're like, oh, your advice is, hey, stop being so sensitive, snowflake. <laughs> not exactly. It's not necessarily <laughs> that you're a snowflake. It's just, it depends. There are, there are things that legitimately happen that we may take offense to. And there are times where the person is genuinely trying to be welcoming but they're welcoming in such a way that just seems kind of off-putting to you whether that be a difference in culture or whether that be just that you're sensitive right now to a certain thing there's certain things like people say and nobody knew that you were struggling with that and they said hello and just the wrong tone and it kind of sets us off sometimes so just 
keep in mind, um, you know, this, this uh, church has been around for over 2,000 years. And for over 2,000 years, there's been tons and uncles in these church, you know, kind of uh, being difficult, kind of being judgmental, kind of making uh, the young people feel as if, uh, hey, Habibti, where is your sharp Habibti? It's always the Habibti. <laughs> right before the end, so it's always the Habibti. Well, I mean, that's, that's how the Tunt network works, right? Yeah. The Tunt network, a, a loosely based network of Tunts that know everything about everyone. Isn't that what church is about? So if I'm going to walk into church, you know, half the people know my business, no? Yes, yeah. They are going to know your business because we are such a tight-knit community. Like, we're not only just a, a church, but we're also, like, just a community of people, like of friends, of families, like that are coming together. So it's just more than a place of worship. It's a place of social hour. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's talk about clicks real quick. I want to bring that up because I feel like in a lot of places that you go to, there are some places, like you mentioned, Theo, a little earlier, there's some places that have like clicks. There's some places that don't. They're super welcoming. What do you, what do you guys think about clicks? I think it all depends on the big or the famous people in the church if they all come from the same if they all come from the same culture they will depend from what culture you're coming if they overlap or they agree at like how you were raised with you then you will click with them but if you don't then you won't click and that's why you feel some churches are welcoming and some are not and if this your friend that came from a different culture or were raised differently goes to that church you will say oh you click there i didn't click Mm. what's different yeah just Depends on different perspectives. Aren't we all the same culture, though? Like, what do you mean when you say culture? Define that. Uh, I would actually take the word back culture. I would say family, <laughs> how you were raised. Mm. Everyone has different parents. Everyone has different experience. Everyone look at everything differently, perspectively. Like, someone can say hi to me, as Mike said, say hi to me. And for me, it sounds fine. But someone else say to another person, like, that person is so mean. What's wrong with them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's true. There's there's subcultures within the culture. There, we, each each one of us, like Bashoy said, each one of us grew up in a different family where certain uh, words might mean. You, you realize that's that. Andrew. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I know the two brothers look alike. But. <laughs> you didn't even like flinch. He's like, yeah, I guess I'm Bashoy today. <laughs> I so, got used to it. it happens. So, so you, you, you were you were saying about the subcultures? How, how do they work, and, and how is that relevant to you know the well, how we feel welcome in church? Well, it, it it has a lot to do with how we feel welcome, but it also has to do with how we understand each other. And part of feeling or not feeling welcome is understanding one another and understanding where we come from and being accepting to the fact that sometimes when someone uses a certain term, it may not mean to you what it means to them. And we just we need to be open, have an open conversation with each other and be like, hey, th- did, I didn't mean to offend you. I was just saying this, that and yeah we work it out yeah i think to kind of piggyback off that mike you know it's kind of like if uh uh you know you like don't go to church one sunday and then you get a text from like someone (laughs) they're like oh we missed you today at church you know hope everything is well and you're just like all right are they taking attendance or do they actually care that i was gone you know Mm -hmm. um and so i think in you know i'm I assume that these people meant well and they actually, I don't know, do people actually miss other people, you know, actually their presence or was it kind of, um, was it authentic or was it not authentic? And I think there is that like cultural gap between always wanting to be involved in somebody else's life to know how they are and, you know, out of a good place. But I guess like 
here in America, sometimes we take that as a little bit more invasive and kind of just like, you know, why do we, why do you care? Like, stop asking me where I was. You know, I just didn't come. You know, like. And it really kind of depends on the reason why you didn't come, which will make you sensitive or not sensitive. If you had a like a good, and it really depends on yourself. If you felt you had a good reason, you're not going to take offense to it. But if you kind of inside yourself, your conscience is saying you really didn't have a good reason for missing, it may be your inner guilt that's reading that question as something that's negative. Yeah, but it's nobody's business. All right, I'm living my life. I'm out here doing my thing. Right, you know, you only live once. Right. I'm living, yeah, see, I'm living my best life. Why, why, why should I be made to feel like, hey, people are watching and they know when you are sleeping and they know when you're awake and they know when you're going to church and when you're not? Like, like that's that's. How is that going to make me feel welcome at a church if everyone's sitting there judging me? I mean, it could be like they're trying to care. Like that's just their way of showing affection and like that they care about you is saying like, oh, like where were you? Like are you okay? Like to show that we noticed you were gone. You know what I mean? I feel like, like Karen wants to say something. Go ahead. I'm so triggered. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I totally agree with that because sometimes, sometimes it's, oh, you weren't here yesterday. You should, you should have been there. Like, mm. yeah. you can't be missing Sundays. And it's not like was everything okay? Yeah. You know, sometimes that should be the initial question. Like, are you okay? Like, was everything fine? Mm-hmm. Before Karen's head explodes, let's let's yeah. go to Karen. <laughs> What do you got for no, us? No, yeah, I agree. I think there's just like, we need, like, where do you draw the line between I'm invading your life and I'm just checking in on you? Because okay, I'll tell you a story. I had one tent one time. Maybe this was coming from a good place, but <laughs> one time, so um, her kids are all doctors, right? So, and she was uh, asking me what I'm doing in college. And so I said, computer science. She was like, so what do you do with that? <laughs> like, why, why, have you considered medicine? I was like, um, no, not really, because it, it just takes too long. I'm not interested. I'm, I'm not in the field. And it kind of came off as, like, her wanting, like, if she if she could enroll me in medicine right now, I'd, I'd be a doctor. Well, I mean, to, to, to go off of that, Karen, there was this one time somebody came to, to talk about stranger in a church somebody was new to the church and i was introducing them to like some tunt she was literally sitting there interrogating the person where are you from what do you do oh you're not in work what are you in school for how much longer do you have where are you thinking of working i was like is this a job interview or like are you getting to know the person how much because do you make a year? your social skills are so bad i felt so bad for the person i was like have you done interviewing what them? is your social security number i mean it was approaching that point uh, like it, i'll give you the w2 form as well like, where, where are you from egypt who is yeah. your father and your father's father yeah like what do you, no she actually asked like oh oh you're you're actually uh you're doing this is that what your parents do i was like oh we're now we're getting into the family yeah. like, look, 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 it was let's 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 much. let's let's be let's be clear here okay we're talking about a generational um disagreement gap a huge generational gap. Yeah. And everybody sees things differently. This has nothing to do with religion. None right. of this. The only thing that this has to do with religion is it keeps people out. Yeah. Right? It keeps people out. And sometimes it serves to keep people in. It serves to keep the same group, the same small nucleus protected and insulated, right, from everybody else, right? Because there's the good kids. And then there's the bad kids, you know, the ones that everyone pretends like they don't exist right no one really asks about them right because those are the kids we don't want mixing with the bad kids because they're going to make problems right they're going to turn the good kids bad i mean what happens when you take an apple 
a rotten apple and you put it in a bunch, they all get run, right? There's this mentality. There's this generational gap. And is it Christian? Because that's the thing that's keeping us from uniting into the one body of Christ that is our responsibility as Christians. Unity. Right. So are you saying there are sinners and there are saints and only the saints are allowed in church? Listen, son, the only the only uh, <laughs> saints in that church are the ones on the walls. There ain't there ain't no saints in that church. There ain't no human saints in that church. Not even not even a Buddha himself. God forgive me. Amen. But I'm telling you right now, Amen. everybody <laughs> in there is a sinner. The problem is half the people realize it and the other half don't. Yeah. And I think it's really important to realize we're all sinners, hence uh, sinners anonymous. So, you know, that that's kind of the point of this is we're all sinners in our all, in our own way. And it's a kind of coming from a perspective of who am I to say I'm better than someone else? Everyone has their own faults in their own ways. Yeah. But let's let's talk about something. I think Beshoy. I mean, Andrew. Oh, <laughs> wow. I did that on purpose, okay. by the way. I did that on purpose. I'm sure you did. Wants to say something. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Andrew. Thank you, Theo. So, I mean, if we're like we're talking about, I want to go to a church and feel welcomed, and then, but I don't want anyone to text me and feel like they're invading my, I don't know, like my bubble. Then, how are you gonna be feel connected or feel like bound to church? So, I feel like it takes it to two parts. So, it depends who's Who? texting me and how often. Mm -hmm. I guess three now, and how they're texting me. Mm -hmm. So, if they're just texting me, as Justine said in the beginning. Hey, I didn't see you this Sunday. I hope everything is okay. I think this is perfect. I didn't ask you, why did you miss? I didn't judge you. I'm like, you missed the past two Sundays. You should show up next Sunday. Or, hey, you're a bad person. Uh, I don't know. You're supposed to be a deacon. You're supposed to take communion this Sunday. And you didn't. And how often? Like, I don't want you to text me after every single literature, after, after every single meeting and tell me, oh, you didn't show up. You have to show up. Yes, I have my own life. And, of course, I want to show up if I have feel connection. And I want to show up, but if something prevented me, then I won't show up. And then how they ask the question, like, in the beginning, before I have a strong connection with a person, then it should just be a statement. I hope everything is well. Uh, hope to see you, I don't know, next yeah. Sunday. Mm -hmm. But if it's a question, then I don't know you. I don't want to share this information with you. I don't right. know you. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that a good thing, though? Like, so I don't know you, but do you want to stay not knowing everybody? And... The, the other question in relation to that is, do we, should we have a relationship with the Tante and Uncle Network? Wait, to an extent, because... No one said anything about an uncle network. It's just the Tante. <laughs> why? Uncles are cool, too. No, uncles are way cool. That's why Wait, they don't have a network. <laughs> go, go ahead, Irene. Yeah, so I think it's to an extent, because, like, I honestly, when certain Tantes ask me, like, I literally feel like, oh, my gosh, like, I love her. Like, she's so cute. She's, like, asking about me. And it's, like, I can feel like it's out of love. Then sometimes it's, like, why didn't you come? And I could feel, like... They're assuming it negative. Judgment. Yeah, like assuming like negative intentions from my part. Like you could have been there, but you chose not to. Like they're automatically assuming that I didn't come for a bad reason. Mm -hmm. So that's, it depends what your intentions are when you ask me that question. Well, let's get biblical for a second, right? Let's look in the Bible. Let's look in how our Lord deals with this, right? Let's talk about the Samaritan woman, right? Here's this woman. He already knows everything about her, right? And here's, he's a man and he's a Jewish man. And they don't like Samaritans. And his uh, disciples leave him alone. And he doesn't think about himself. He doesn't think about his status. He, th he doesn't think about, you know, how much more powerful and how much, quote-unquote, better he is. He goes up to her and, and well, he, he goes, uh, hey, can you draw me something to drink? Mm 
Mm-hmm. Nothing about you're a sinner. Nothing about, uh, hey, what are you doing? No, he just says, can you help me out? He puts himself in a position where he needs something from her, mm-hmm. right? Which is vulnerable. He makes himself vulnerable. And she says, you know, how are you going to get to drink? There's nothing to do. You don't have anything to drink. And he goes, well, help me out here. And then they start having this conversation, not about anything that makes her feel uncomfortable, not about anything that puts her on the spot. He gets her to a place where he's familiar with her. He develops that familiarity. And so then the next thing is, uh, hey, I'm actually interested in what you're trying to push. I'm interested in what what you're trying to bring me to. How do I get it? He goes, oh, go bring your husband. He doesn't tell her you're an adulteress. You don't deserve it. He doesn't make her feel like out of place. He goes, yeah, absolutely. You can have whatever. Just go bring your husband. And she goes, I don't have a husband because she has that trust in him that he's developed. Mm -hmm. And then he goes, rightfully so. And only then does God reveal himself. Only then does Christ reveal himself. Once we've established that connection, what you're saying is, is a lot of servants, a lot of tons and a lot of uncles and a lot of us do all the time. We assume familiarity. We assume that because in the time that they grew up where everybody knew everybody and everyone was in everyone's business, that they can do the same with our generation. But the fact of the matter is, this is a completely different generation. Mm -hmm. And that's not okay. Mm -hmm. And they don't understand that. So maybe what we're perceiving to be off-putting, as has been said several times, is not necessarily that. Maybe they're actually concerned, but maybe they're not. Either way, let's put it back on the person. Is it okay to say, all right, that's it, I'm not coming to this church. Or you know what, I'm just gonna come in, get communion and get out. Like, is that okay? Or is that detrimental to the overall fellowship that we're trying to create in the church? We're all one body. Yeah. I don't, I I actually have a problem with the idea that, you know, you just go to church, take communion and leave. Yeah. It's very unrealistic. No one's going to. You know, you, you want to go and you want to feel connected. Even during COVID, it's not yeah. realistic. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good I'm point. Abuna literally says, leave after no lo- lingering around. Everybody's lingering. Right. <laughs> you you want to feel like you belong. You want to feel like you have friends. Like You're not the odd man out. So why would you go if it's just like, oh, okay, I'm just going to take a meeting. I'm going to leave. Yeah. So sometimes it helps if you just give someone the benefit of the doubt. Even if you know in your head they have negative intentions, sometimes it's like better just to alleviate like your just your own mind knowing, just be like, you know what? Maybe she meant it in a good way and just kind of like erase it. Because if you keep like recording, like with a, like a log book of every negative intention that you have, like every negative encounter that you have with someone, it's going to push you farther, like in farther away. Yeah. And maybe it's, it, it may have come from a negative place, but maybe that's because that person was in a negative place at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And let's give each other grace to say, Hey, we're all humans. We all go through tough times sometimes. And sometimes we say things that come off completely bad because we're in a really bad mood. Mm-hmm. And especially when you have like two people in a bad mood, now you just have two people <laughs> that are just <laughs> super, like, super mad. Because yeah. I honestly, like from personal experience, sometimes I do come to church. I'm not in the greatest mood. Like I am taking things personally. Like I am like a little emotional today. So yeah, like sometimes you just have to know yourself and just give yourself like others. Um, I think that's a big point self-awareness you know kind of having an understanding of what your triggers are what you you know what your your I don't want to say who who you are but a lot of people come to church for the wrong reasons and whether if that's for social reasons a lot of the times it is just for social reasons rather than spiritual reasons and um, I mean even during the pandemic you can see a, a big difference with uh, you know, I, I can't come to church because, you know, whether if it's people actually worried about the pandemic or if it's because their friends aren't going or, oh, well, they're, they're, we're not assigned the same Sunday, so we're not going to go, you know, 
or, oh, let's register together so we can go together. And, oh, you didn't get in. Okay, then I won't register. You know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that goes back to really knowing the purpose of why you have friendships in church, who your friendships are with, why you have those friendships, and the purpose of you going to church. But didn't didn't you just, you know, using that line of thinking, didn't you just pretty much confirm that, you know, we are going to church for social reasons and our friends and, you know, almost substantiate the whole click thing? Because I think there's a lot of people out there that, that believe exactly that. The church's main function is for me to be social with my friends. Right, right. And, and there's a place for them in the church, of course. Like, right. So, so what to I'm about extent. to say, to yeah, an extent. Exactly. So what I'm about to say doesn't mean that they should be cast out. Absolutely not. But the purpose of church is much more than that. Exactly, right? yeah. But I, I think that we all fall in that trap sometimes. Like, hey, church is boring. It's boring. That's four hours of standing up there listening to Janina. Like, I, I get it. It's beautiful. And it sounds wonderful. You said Jumanji first. I said <laughs> Janina, not Jemima. Janina. <laughs> okay. Anyway, like, I, I don't think the majority of people really understand, you know, church and the purpose of, you know what? I don't think the majority of people understand Christ. I just, I don't get the impression that people even put Christ as top billing. That he is important, that he's them. You know what? How do you understand somebody you don't actually love? Period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Amen. Yeah. We hit the button. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. There we go. <laughs> um, how do we? How do we? Like, look. If you want to be in a relationship with someone, you have to understand who they are. You can't love them if you don't understand them. You can't understand them if you don't respect them. Love is just not going to come, right? And he's not going to be priority in your life. Why would he be a priority, right? Because what's more of a, what's a bigger priority? Your exams, your job, your career. You know, I, that's a really good point, Theo. Because I was actually just going to mention how I think in our society right now they've made spirituality or being religious kind of like a turn off in a sense. So. That's not the cool thing to do is to go out and proclaim your faith and talk about all that. So people do prior. So then it does not become a priority for people in people's lives. And they start putting other things in the way to create excuses like, oh, well, I have work on Monday, so I can't go to church on Saturday. It's like it's two days away. Like, yeah, you can't. Or, you know, like I I need to do my nails. So. No, I'm not going to go to the convention next week. You, you know, like it's just random excuses that I feel like people are putting out there um, because the priority in society has evolved and it has made money, drugs, sex, alcohol, the higher priority versus having a much more spiritual connection or relationship. And so that's kind of where I think a big problem also lies where people are not prioritizing spirituality. So going to church has become more of a habitual thing rather than a desire to go to church. It's more of like, Oh, it's Sunday. I got to go to church. Cause that's what I do. You know, desensitization. Yeah, exactly. Desensitization yeah. is one of the most powerful tools Satan has in his arsenal, right? Because if you do the same thing every time, whether it's sin or whether it's something spiritual, eventually, if you're not careful, if you're not conscious, it loses its value, right? On the sin side, it just becomes addictive, becomes a habit that you're addicted to. It just becomes an animalistic response to a stimulus. But on the spiritual side, you start losing meaning. 
And if you're doing something and you don't understand why you're doing it or what it actually means, or when you're actually saying those, those words, what are you actually praying in the liturgy, then of course it's going to be irrelevant, right? And then other things naturally are going to rise to be more relevant. But the question is this. If I am a sinner, if I am participating in the things that you said, in the drugs, in the sex, and all of that stuff, right? Do I have a place in church? Everybody does. God, God has big open arms for us. If you think about it, in the Old Testament, in, in biblical times, tax collectors were hated by everybody. They cheated people. They were considered to be betrayers of people. And Christ welcomed the tax collectors. Zacchaeus, for example, he's, he's among all these people. He's didn't think about, okay, how am I going to look if I climb up on a tree? Climb up on a tree, I might fall off the tree. People might look and say, what, who's this little kid climbing a tree? What's going on? No, what he cared about is he wanted to see Christ. Mm -hmm. And when Christ saw that he put in that effort, he said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. And look, a sin is a sin, okay? It's a stain on a white shirt. Conveniently wearing a white shirt, so better not stain this today. So if I if I get a purple stain on my shirt, what difference does it make that it's purple other than green? You know, the stain is the stain. It's and and, and I think that's why a lot of people, when they come to start judging people, who are we to judge? Because we all have our different colored stains. You know, so we can't sit here and say, well, my shirt is perfectly white. You know, conveniently it is. We've but. all fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, you definitely have, Michael. Um, <laughs> were you going to say something, Karen? Yeah, no. Um, Justine brought up a good point. So I feel like in our culture, if we're being realistic, some of the sins we look at from like a really judgmental perspective, like, oh, you're bisexual or you smoke or you're, you know, whatever. And at the end of the day, like, like Justine said, a sin is a sin. Just because your culture looks at it more harshly doesn't mean that you're like shunned out. Like mm -hmm. you don't, don't even step in the church. No, like, right. I might lie. You might be smoking, whatever. Like we're both, we both need to confess and we both need to get it together. So. Right. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Let me, let me channel my, my inner Sunday school teacher. <laughs> what? <laughs> you telling people it's okay to be bisexual. It's okay to smoke. It's okay to be, uh, you know, whatever, and, and and come to church, and and that's perfectly fine. They can stay that way. No, they can't stay that way. But it's a place of healing. Mm -hmm. Why, if you have, um, let's say, like you have some disease, right? Mm -hmm. And I have another disease. Okay, Our, I'll go with insanity. What's yours? Okay, let's say I have, I don't know, I have like lung disease. Okay. <laughs> we, both, we both need to go to the doctor, no? Yeah. Like, the church is the hospital for all the sinners. Wow. Amen. Hit it, amen. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and there's no disease that can't be cured at the hospital. Uh, amen, you, you, amen again, amen uh, again. Uh, <laughs> doctor <this> perspective. <laughs> we heal everything. This, this guy's about to plug his medical profession. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right. So the church is a hospital. I've heard that, what, 50 billion times since I was, you know, zero, even before in the womb. I'm pretty sure someone said that. Yeah. The church is the hospital. We're all here, supposed to get healed together. But what about the people that are less sick than everyone else walking around being like, ooh, you're sick, ooh, you're sick, ew, you're sick. Well, then they're That's even more sick. Yeah, exactly. That's a sickness in itself. So, <laughs> so how, do, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with the self-righteousness that plagues almost every church I've ever been in? The, what, you know, the self, if anything keeps people away from the church, it's this feeling of, uh, I'm better than you. I'm better. Yeah. Like, let's, let, let's get real, folks. Let's get real. Let's talk about the service. Right? I'm, I'm, we're about to drop some real knowledge here, folks. So you might want to, if you're a servant, cut, 
Cut. <laughs> Next time on Sinners Anonymous. Understanding the culture is different than living the culture. Everything that we're telling these kids, including us, it's completely different from what we experience outside. So it doesn't make sense to be like, okay, shut off the world. This is what God wants you to do. It pushes away the more progressive servants. The ones that, had they just stuck it out, had they, just, they stuck around just for a little bit more, they would have been something as a resource to those, to those kids that really needed. Honestly, a lot of them are just, they didn't grow up in America. Like they, don't, they didn't see what we had to see growing up. Let's involve youth in. Let's add more people. Maybe change your way. Maybe change the structure. Mm -hmm. Like, everything will follow with it. Go!